crazy, disruptive, explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This is the Recapic Podcast. Indeed it is you the Recapic Podcast. We wouldn't, we wouldn't lie about that. Why would we lie? Well, I have a lot of reasons to lie. No, we don't lie about something good like that. People wait. They get excited for Wednesdays. They're like, what hum- yeah. Hump me? day havoc, baby. Hump what? day havoc. I get excited. Sometimes I piddle a little. I'll admit it. I'm going to be transparent. Yeah. I get really excited. I'm like, whoop. Yeah. I think it's weird when you do it during the podcast. Well, I just feel bad for whoever sits here in the regular part of the day. Mm, that's mm. a good point. Yeah, like, keeps the keeps seat warm. There's something weird about this chair. I had a... Uh, I had a funny story that I I wrapped right before we came here, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta. This is gonna be good podcast stuff." Mm-hmm. So, behind my house, there's a pasture behind my house, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the neighbor brought in cows, three big black cows. They're now right coming up to my fence. That's a big chain link fence at the back of the property, right? Mm-hmm. But the dogs run the whole property, and I have I have Mia. That's a fifty pound. Boxer, mm-hmm. and then I have uh, Charlie, not a fifty pound Chuck, <laughs> Charles, Sir Charles, and he is a Scotty. Um, sometimes when he grows his hair out, he looks like he's fifty pounds, but he's probably twenty pounds. You know, he's probably twenty five. <laughs> he's a brick. He's a brick shit house. But I, I love the saying that's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the dog. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Tonight, as I'm leaving to come here, I'm walking through my backyard, and they. So the I guess the the. They must have come in today. I haven't seen the cows either, so I'm just as surprised. Alleged, as dogs, right? Alleged cows. No, they're cows. They're they're cows. I just allegedly don't know when they showed up, but they uh, uh, allegedly showed for up for sure. Today. They're cows. Those are but cows. they are cows, and there's three of them, and they're standing at the back of our fence, just staring at us as we're walking across, chewing, kind of, kind of stink eyeing the dogs, right? Yeah, that's what cows do. So the dogs then see the cows. Oh, and they're like, those are the biggest fucking dogs. <laughs> the neighbors have horses. So they've got they got used to the horses, right? But now this is a whole nother deal. This is like a short, fat horse. They don't know. They're like confused mm-hmm. as shit, right? Yeah. So they both run out to the fence, and they get about twenty yards away. And my mean brindle fifty pound boxer, mm-hmm. she runs up there and she barks. And Charlie runs up and he barks, and both the cow there. There's three cows, but they move closer to the fence. Like towards the fence, like, hey, what did you say? Right. At that point, my big dog or bigger dog Mm -hmm. turns and runs back to the house as fast as she can. I mean, her ass, her her ass, and tuck the ass and go front of the front feet. (laughs) At the exact same moment, Charlie charges the fence. Yes. If that fence wasn't there, that little fucker would have taken the that cow down, guaranteed. He was a hundred percent gonna go through the fence and take. The, he ran to the fence, jumps up with his little stubby legs, and hits the fence and just starts barking at it. That is my life story, right there. Take off running, yeah, dude. It's the size is the fucking fight in the that's, dog. That is Period. that's the motto I live by. Period. Still, I don't even know if my other dog's gone in the backyard since then. Charlie's sitting there laying in the backyard, just big dogging it. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of big dogs. Whoa, what a segue. <laughs> yeah. You are like becoming a savant. Oh, my God. It's so good. <sighs> Stop touching yourself. It's just one segue. Okay. Uh, it was just one, but I probably 
should. Uh, I'm going to test myself while he's talking, if that's okay. Then that's that's fine. fine. Okay, That's fine. So we have a big dog in studio with us tonight. Uh, we have Mr. Michael Bergman. Uh, he is. Where's our oh, sound so, effects? Where's our sound effects? God damn, I screwed it up again. You had a chance. Thank you. Hey! Hey, the studio audience is Thanks, going crazy. Studio. They love him. They do. Everybody loves Michael Bergman. Yeah. So we have Big Mike Bergman here today. He is uh, basically the exact opposite of me in most other. We have in common that we're both tall. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, I'm very hairy. He's very bald and clean shaven for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, I am what some would say well padded. He is a fit gentleman. Well padded. Yeah. I like that. Uh, he's a good golfer. I'm not as great a golfer. I have yet uh, to golf with you. Amazing golfer. All I've heard is Bergman's stick. We got hits yeah. the ball tomorrow. This guy, yeah. So never golfed with you. He's my yin and yang. We'll so, anyways, Mr. Bergman, uh, welcome, welcome. Thank you. This has been really cool. We're, nice we're super stoked to have you on because you you uh, are way smarter than both of us put right. together. Which means we'll just sit here and drink wine. <laughs> and guess what he did? What? Another brilliant guest move. Brings a bottle of wine with him. God, that's I love this yeah. this pattern. And a little shout out to uh, Dunham Sellers out of Walla Walla. I've been there actually. You have? Yeah. When You're I a big first deal. Start, yeah, when I first started getting real fancy, this was legitimately my first wine education stop was at Dunham Cellars in uh in Walla Walla. We started the day there. Mm-hmm. So therefore I remember it because the rest of the day a little fuzzy. Little little blurry on the ones towards the end of the day, but the one at the beginning I remember Dunham and Dunham actually is one that they actually have a bunch of like students from the local college because there's a wine program at the local college and Dunham is one that supports that and I'm that's cool. not sure they all do but anyways but I at least that day we were there it was mostly students and they were teaching us all about the wine shit uh, which is another fancy way of talking all the wine shit but mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they use that in class yeah, yeah. today we're going to study wine shit fancy step on your pinky very delicious 2016 Trutina it's it's uh Super awesome. That's uh, good. Go get some. Uh, I need some more. Anyways, Mr. Bergman, would you please like to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family, your beautiful family? You certainly would. You're a good-looking guy, but you've got a way more beautiful family. So tell us about them. And <laughs> yeah, I did marry up. Yeah. And tell Out us. Outpunted the coverage. And you like, I don't know if you call that birthed up. I don't know what you do when your kids are better than yeah, you. I don't know. How do you? Up. My kids are, so I get yeah, for whatever sure. it was. But I don't know. I had to look that up. But uh, tell us a little about the family and... Uh, Tell us how you, uh, what you do and how you got there. All right, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. The, uh, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but. Not to what your did birth. You, what were Not you doing before you were born? <laughs> yeah. When you were a seaman, <laughs> and I don't mean in the Navy. That is not a thought. That I want going through my head right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm an Idaho, I'm an Idaho boy. Um, born and raised, uh, born here, raised in Idaho Falls. Talk about a great place to grow up. Um, I always tell everybody it's a great place to be from. <laughs> if you spend mm-hmm. much time there, I know you have. I know mm-hmm. you, Trevor, you've mm-hmm. been through there before, but mm-hmm. um, but you know it's not as bad as they say. My you know my parents are still there, my sisters there, but um, yeah. Once I graduated high school, I came back to Boise. Uh, went to Boise State. Go Broncos. Um, yeah, go Broncos. Uh, had a short uh, short stay before going back. Um, my little brother was in a car accident, so I took three, four years off, went home to help him and then, uh, had various different, uh, careers at that point. Um, one of which was, uh, I guided professional hunting guides in Northern Wyoming. 
mm. which if you want, you know, if you really, I, I always, let me, let me step back a little bit. Growing up in Eastern Idaho, it was, uh, the hunting and fishing Mecca of mm, Idaho, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're right on the doorstep of Yellowstone. Oh for, for people that yeah. may not know, if you're listening from out of the area, it's, uh, right outside of, uh, Yellowstone, West Yellowstone. West Yellowstone basically. Gorgeous. It's beautiful area. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we grew up with this love of, of hunting and fishing and, um, and there's, there's, there's no better way to kill that than to go and, and teach someone else, right? And get paid yeah, to do, do it, it for a living. Yeah. It's get paid to do it, something. It'll it, really kill it. It killed it. <laughs> I, I had some good years. I did that for three or four years and, and, and guided some fishermen on the South Fork there and up on the Henry's Fork. But, um, but that was pretty short lived because you really don't make a lot of money when you're a guide. You've got a lot of time to do. It's an awesome job. Yeah. yeah. So it was great. But, uh, so yeah, then moved back to Boise, uh, mid nineties, um, to go to school and, um, really focused on getting my engineering degree at that point. Um, until I met, that's where I met Rachel, who's now my bride of, oh, she doesn't like when I say my bride, but she's my wife, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> of 20 years yesterday. Yeah. Had a kid. So yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah. Throw oh. some applause on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's amazing to think back, um, you know, 20 years. What an idiot you were back then. Oh I mean, goodness. Sorry. I still, I still had a mullet. <laughs> when she met, when she met me. I'm yeah. just trying to picture you with hair. If I could, I would I would grow the mullet back. Dude, I, I 100% with you. My son is growing a mullet right now, and I am literally yeah. living vicariously through his mullet right now. I can grow a mullet, but it actually is on the front of my head. It's oh, right, that's right different. Here. It's That's different. pretty weird. I, I grew it out during the COVID adventure. <laughs> Party in the front, business in the back kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little bit weird. And then my that's, kids, that's a lot of it weird. My Jody, kids were finally weird. like, Dad, you really need to cut your hair. You look like a homeless person. Oh, my God. But she's for some reason, she saw the potential. She, she was did. Yeah, diamond in smart, the rough. She's a super smart, <laughs> handsome super smart wo- woman. So yeah. she obviously was like, I can probably work with this. I'm pretty good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, so we got together, and um, at that time, when I, you know, simultaneously, when I was going to school. I worked, right? We all did, right? You have to um, put yourself through school, and um, I did what came natural in the family business. Is is growing up in a telecom family, you just you just know everything there is to know about telecommunications, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, doing that, we, we owned our own business, did some design work, um, for us West at the time. But, um, so essentially I got offered a job in Denver and in 99, we're, you know, we're clear to 99 now. And, uh, Rachel and I moved to, to Denver, worked out of a office building in Littleton, Colorado that, uh, had 3,500 employees in one building <laughs> and it's two, two level building. Right. Uh, so it's just stretches for, for like a country mile. But so that was quite an experience, but you know, long story short, they moved us back. So I spent another five years in telecom, uh, went through the quest merger, uh, survived Y2K. Survived, that was a big one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, survived that moved back, took over a construction crew, ultimately left to pursue other opportunities in project management, construction management, and really started to travel at that time from Texas to Alaska to California, had projects all over. And it's, you know, then at some point it, uh, it, it morphed into a sales position and 
So I spent a long time, you know, traveling the mainly the Pacific Northwest, uh, entertaining clients, and um, that's where you get to be a really, really good golfer. Yeah, so, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. I'm in the wrong career field. So yeah, I got um, you know you play numerous rounds a week and you know probably eighty to ninety rounds a year. Um, you get to be a pretty good golfer. So it is just it math. A, it was a good time. It, it, it was a good. You mean if you time. practice something, you get better at it? Better. <laughs> you should. I think we talked about this before. Ten thousand hours. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. What's but, that? Eighty. What's an average golf round? Four and a half hours. Then add an hour of drinking, so we'll, we'll call yeah. it five. Yeah, so ten thousand hours divided by. I'll do the math. You go ahead. Yeah. So during that, <laughs> so during that time, um, we've we met some we met some friends, and and um, he's you know still a very good friend of mine, uh, and and that's what I would tell anybody that's looking to get into this industry is is find a mentor, find someone that can that can bring you up through the ranks, and uh, it, it'll just happen that much faster. And, um, so I had that person that, uh, it was, Hey Bergman, you're in a sales position. What's different in a sales position than commercial real estate than other than the checks are much bigger, right? right? You set your own schedule. You're not working for the man. So it took a couple of years of conversation like that until, uh, until I did make that switch. And, uh, that's how you lost all his hair. He's scratching his oh, head. No, no like, I lost all my hair before that. I think this is good. Well, and I remember you. <laughs> I remember when this happened and and talking with you about this kind of as the transition was happening. And and the one thing was is like that is really cool is that that the the first year you're talking about basically came to you and said, hey, like they he kind of was like, no, you're good. Like I, we you know we want you to do this. He saw the potential in it, kind of deal. It wasn't just a you know, like I'm hungry, you know, like begging for like, no, this is, this is something that suits you, you know? Mm. And it was, I always think that's interesting when somebody gets, cause it's just, that's such a, a boost. And I don't think people realize if you see somebody has got some potential to do something, whether they're going to do it or not, just sometimes giving them that little push and saying like, Hey man, I think you'd be good at this. Like that's the beauty it, of right? mentorship like, though, man. You know, I mean, the, the that's where, and I mean, it, it pushed you now into where you're at today. Like, I mean, it literally was like when we met, you weren't doing commercial real estate, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I'm kind of starting to dick around with this a little bit and I'm doing it part time. And then we're, you know, and it's like, and then all of a sudden poof, it's taken off for you. And I think that's what, um, you know, it hasn't been quick, but relatively the good stuff never is when you're our age though. The good stuff a never few, is quick. Years seems quick now, but like, you know, it isn't. And it's, uh, I just actually. So my my uh, new license plates I got ordered oh. finally I've been saying I'm gonna do it for a long time because I believe it a hundred percent it's just N O E Z R D no easy road because I think everyone I just, thought it meant every, no easy research and development it could it I could was like that's true it it research and development is never easy interpretation interpretation yeah. you know but I believe that there's there's you know, there's a message there where it's like, uh, how many kids just come out of here, you know, and maybe some they're listening right now and they're like sitting there going, Oh, I'm just going to be a commercial real estate agent. Like I'll just go do it tomorrow and I'll make a million dollars. No, it's not the way it happens. You know, like you, you grind it, you know, you have to grind. I just about said you grinded. Well, what he uh, said, you find, ground, find you a ground. mentor. Yeah. If you really want to get serious about it, go find somebody that's awesome at it and bug the shit out of them yeah. and be like, how do I do this? Teach me. Well, and, and, and I mean, it's got it. It's got to be, I mean, authentic. Right. But if you really want it, go find some people yeah, that will. You do, man. man, I tell you, if you genuinely ask, people want to share. They really do. Hey, you know what? Here's here's how it works. 
Yeah, I'll show you how to do it's this. It's not yeah. easy. You want a shortcut? <laughs> Class is over. No shortcuts. No, not going to work. And you, and I, I believe you, you know, from the beginning, again, I'm talking halfway out of my ass here, but from the beginning, you were, you know, it's a culture thing too. You really liked the other guys that were involved with this firm and it was like you, you saw the potential in it, right? Like, I mean, there were other other players in town and, you you know, I mean, you kind of have to make that choice. Like, these, these guys are the, this is my horse, right? These are the guys I want to run with. And, I mean, I think that's part of your, your. Surround yourself with good people. Right. And I think that's part of why your company does so well and. I don't know if we were approved to say their name on here or not. Or oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. See, I don't see a, a reason why we wouldn't. But I do say the um, f word. Are they okay with the f word? Because I've had to do some editing. and <laughs> It's really annoying sometimes. <laughs> well, it's because you say the f word a lot. Maybe you should self edit. And more. I'm not editing myself. I have to edit out other people's company names. Oh right. Joe Stoffer. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, God stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's no, okay, Joe. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about Trevor it. learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no problem with that. Um, yeah, those 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 that know me know that I've been with uh, Lee and Associates uh, here in Boise since we started. And and the, you know the the best thing is I well I, I would have never gotten into commercial real estate without Matt. So uh, he, he's a good friend. He still is a good friend. We hunt together. Our families hang out together. We travel the world together. But um, but yeah, he really gave me that push, but also provided the assistance, right? He's just that kind of guy to take somebody out of their wing. And he doesn't just, he hasn't just done it with me. He's done it with uh, several others that have come into the, to the firm that are, are now making it the young guys, right? Like you're saying the young guys. And, and that's what we tell young guys that get into this industry is that, you know, just plan on not making a salary for two years. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the commitment, right? Sounds great. Where do I sign up? Yeah, right, right. It's it's that's that's right. But like, it's, I mean, that's that's but it's perspective. The it's perspective, and we yep. talk about this a lot, right? Understanding, and that's the that's the thing that maturity affords is the fact that you get the perspective of twenty or thirty years worth of life, where you're like, eh, you know what? It's worth the investment. Right. Whereas you're coming out of school and you're twenty two years old, man, you just spent four or five years getting your degree. If you're coming out of college and you're like. <laughs> I just spent I just spent four years, but if you think about it, I just spent fifteen twenty percent of my life in college. Now you're asking me to spend another two years doing nothing. No, I don't do that. Well, yeah. dude, and it's an expectation. Everyone wants to make everything sound better. Right. So, like, there's such an expectation. I I would say the biggest failure that I see with businesses is people actually will say they. You know, oh, it's better. Like, I mean, how many times do you hear people, oh, well, they promised me this, this, and this, and now I want to quit a year later because it wasn't what they said it was, right? So there's really no no reason yeah. to set up that expectation that you're going to, hey, you're going to come in and you're going to fucking kill it. You're going to be a millionaire. And it's, it's like it's like uh, million-dollar listings on Bravo. You know, you're just going to make these huge checks. No, it's not how it is, man. I mean, you've got to expect you're going to pay your dues. And, I mean, it's it's funny. You go back to even – guide the guiding thing right like you learned at an early age a lot of hard work for a little bit of money right and so now in perspective when you look back at that you're like mm, i'm putting some time in you know and you did a good job i mean i like I said you were you were doing doing a lot trying to get in into do that and that's you know my brother did the same thing he got into real estate late in life and he's doing very very well at it and he's been a guest on here and uh it it's amazing when you you set that expectation look i'm not gonna make a dime for a couple of years you fucking go at it, man. It makes you, it, it, there's a finish line for you to cross. I mean, it makes you really push for it's it. 10,000 so. hours, man. Yeah. It's 10,000 hours to be an expert. And there, I mean, there's, 
there's some learning curves. There's some some ways to network to shortcut some of that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're not willing to work for the ten thousand hours, it ain't gonna happen. Right. No, that's a good, that's a very good point. And you know, in 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 our shop, there's there's a lot of good guys. We've got a very good group, and you're all independent contractors, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the end, you know, in in some regard, you're competitors, but it's it's a different mentality. I mean, we're we're st- we're still a team, right? We all still have the end goal in mind. Um, those of us that are that are principals in the in the shop, I mean, that's our goal is to take take these guys and in, in, in make them into, you know, from an associate and get them educated and, and get them into the business and, and understanding and, and working. And we all work extremely hard. And um, the end goal is that everyone's a principal. We want everyone to be an owner in the shop. Which that that culture right there, the ownership, the goal is ownership, literal ownership. Like you're not just taking ownership. That's not just a catchphrase. Sure. Right. We're gonna put that on a poster on the wall. That's the <laughs> legit lifeblood of what you guys do every day. That mm-hmm. is the goal. Um, what were some of the the aha moments that you had as you're shifting? I mean, you, you've done a whole bunch of things. You shift into this field. What were some of the aha moments where you're like, "Yeah, he was right, man." The, like, there's just there's certain you can call it giftings. There's things that people are gifted at and they're good at. And they're, when, you, when you combine, and I, and I think that's, that's a, a great opportunity for great leadership, is to recognize those people that are gifted in, in the areas that they are gifted in and then provide them opportunities to, to spread their wings, right? So what were some of the, the aha moments that you had where you're like, yeah, this fits me and I fit it and this is good and I can't wait to, to really, truly get it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, and let's take a step back, and I've always kind of been, I, well, let me say this. I've never thought of myself as, a, as just a people person, but in that sales job that I had, you know, pre-real estate, you, you realize that it's, it's a relationship-building mentality, right. and... You know, I I like to make friends. I like to hang out with my friends, and and you build on that. So, in the commercial real estate, I I treat it the same way. I mean, I I'm not out to dupe anybody, and I hope nobody else is either. But you know, you create they those are. relationships. Some people There's, are. Some people are. Right? It's some douchebags It's inevitable. Out there. It's inevitable. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> Don't get him started. Keep going. Talk. 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 But I want to. You know. You, it's it's relationship building, like absolutely in any in in any of those sales industries, or it should be in any industry for that matter. But uh, and 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 building that in, in the and I guess to answer your question, Jody, the aha moment for me really is repeat business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you did a good job. You closed this transaction. That's great. But when they come back to do it again and again and yeah. again and again, and then you're their Huge. guy. That's that's the phrase Huge. right there. You're my guy. Everybody, and I've, so my background is doing radio, and now I'm doing marketing and advertising across all kinds of different media. But that was something that because of being in radio, I got to talk to a ton of different business owners, and that was always the the verbiage that I used. You have to become their guy or their gal, right? When it comes to getting my car worked on, there's going to be, that's my guy. When it's a plumber, that's my guy. It, It doesn't matter what field it is. That's the ultimate goal and that repeat business, the marketing of your business versus the advertising of your business. There's a difference in that. 
it makes it so much easier to market your business when you have a solid foundation of good relationships because the word of mouth, that's the most valuable currency that there is. I mean, it takes, it's a 10 to one ratio of good comments versus the one bad that's like, that guy was a total douchebag. That just canceled out 10 people that were like, oh, he's great. And it may it may be no better example of it than commercial real estate. I mean, even more so than residential real estate because of the fact that one, there's fewer of right. you Smaller. around, right? Smaller. And they you but you have people who are I mean, <laughs> these are for the most part smart business people that are they're not they're, you're not going to hoop them. Like I, I honestly think that the reason why there's not as many commercial realtors out there is you have guys you can't fake it with business people like they see through <laughs> right. the bullshit right? right like like you're not gonna be a car sales guy but hey how's it going hey, hey you, by golly you look like you're doing let you me know? talk to my manager it isn't gonna happen let me slide a number across here it's not gonna happen like you like and and you and i we've done business or attempted to try to get some stuff that we tried to buy, find some places and so we've done business together with on the real estate side and the one thing is is like i said you're my guy like i go to you with that and we don't there isn't that haggle back and forth, right? When you have a guy, when the, it's a guy, you literally just like, or girl, sorry. But if you have that person, Sexist you pack. literally just go to, like, hey, here's what we're looking to pay. And you literally came back to us and you're like, yeah, you're not going to look in this area. You need to look right here. Like, this, these are the things that are going to fit for you, and these are not, like, not even going to waste your time. And I think that when you talk about people that don't have that relationship with people, one, you don't have the confidence if as a salesperson to tell people the truth that's a huge problem that people your baby sales, is ugly right? yeah they, they don't want to hear it right but i mean sometimes you'd be like yeah we're not gonna this isn't gonna work because you got an ugly baby or whatever i mean i got guys that call me all the time like oh we're gonna do this in construction i go it's not gonna work well yeah we'll uh, we'll make it work no 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 they, no we're not gonna make it work it's just not gonna work so i think you have to have that kind of relationship and i mean i can't think of anything better than commercial real estate where you have to know your shit and, and people. And the other thing is, is business owners talk to business owners. Mm -hmm. Successful people have good circles, right? They're in good circles. They hang out with the right people. That's the type of people you want to be ding, in ding, with, ding, right? ding, 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 ding. I like that's that. That's the people. biggest thing. I, I don't know. It's it, to me, it makes a lot of sense, but it makes me think too, because this is my, this is just me asking a question. I'm going to let you guys all listen in, but like what <laughs> break down the difference Commercial real estate versus a a, a regular real estate in twofold. Like I want to know, like education wise, is there a difference? Like, why do you believe there's so few? Like I just don't know a lot of commercial commercial I, I versus can, residential. I can literally right now throw something behind me through this window and hit a realtor that is you know somebody that's a licensed residential realtor. How do how do you guys differentiate yourself both from education standpoint or why is there not as many? And then two kind of explain to people that don't know the difference, like where's the line and, and what's the difference between the two? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And to answer, to answer that from a, a state standpoint, there is no difference in education. There's certainly a, a difference in education when it comes to the, the transactional stuff, right? Because there's so much more that goes into a, a commercial deal than there is a residential deal. And, um, most deals, right? There can be some complex deals for sure. But, um, you know, most of what's done on, for, uh, on a residential deal is they have their MLS forms. They, you know, fill out the form, check the box, slide it, you know, docu-sign it to so-and-so, transaction's done, close the deal, right? Well, 
there's not really a due diligence period, whereas in commercial real estate, that due diligence period is 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 key, right? What's the condition of the property? Yeah. Is there has there been an environmental survey done? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are, you're just getting in a survey. I mean, you're just getting into the weeds of, on the deal, and that's and maybe that's the biggest difference is you on these transactions and these uh, commercial deals, you have to get into the weeds. You have to turn over every stone. You have to vet this property out and know everything you can. Uh, or everything there is to know about this tra- about this property and to make a successful transaction. But do but like backing up a little bit. So there is no di- like literally you took the same classes as a residential. Right. Like there's no different commercial class. Did there's not know that. So you had to basically teach your. So basically the difference is you both walk out the the door if you will at graduation day with your with your uh, real estate diploma with the same diploma. But one of one chooses to go this way into realist into residential, and then you basically have to train yourself <laughs> on a whole bunch of other shit, right? Because I mean, you're dealing with MLS yeah. and different stuff too. Like I mean, for the most part, but you're just you took it upon yourself to go train more about commercial than residential. So uh, that that boggles my mind. I thought there would right. be and like again, more to it or something, but <clears throat> yeah. And again, that's you know that's why I was fortunate to have that mentor, right? Right. And and I'll I'll step back to that every time. But yeah, when you walk out of that door from class and you go down and you get fingerprinted and you're taking your test and you walk out, it's you have the same license. It's so just like I picture like fifty people walking out the door, or a hundred people walk out the door, and ninety eight. Going this way, and then two guys walking off this that's way. What basically. Like. That's, <laughs> that's what it's like. That's I took the path less traveled. That's exactly yeah, what it's I, like. That blows my mind that somebody yeah. could. To, yeah, but I guess there's yeah. a lot more. And in if it. you're I mean, gonna be, if you're gonna be an agent, you you know you have to you have, have to have a glass. broker. You have to have a broker that hangs out like to, to. I don't want to say hang the license, but you know who's going to be responsible for you, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's you know a residential broker at Silver Creek or KW or whoever it is. Um, that broker is responsible for that person and it goes there. So it's, it's, it's no different. It's mm-hmm. absolutely no different. And the classes are no different. You have to get your CEs every year, um, bef- you know, every two years before your birthday, uh, end of the birthday month, uh, yada, yada, yada. But when you take those classes, it's they're the same classes. So hmm. you're the only commercial guy in these core commercial or these core uh, real estate classes that they are li- mandated they- by the by the real estate commission. Um, I just, I wish there was more to it, especially when it comes to leasing and, you know, we can talk about leasing later, but, um, there's no license to lease. I mean, anyone can, can go and lease a property, but most people just don't know how to do it or even where to start. Right. So that's just a small part of it. But to answer your question, yeah, classes are the same. Um, but the, the education is, is so much more. It's, it's, um, you know, you gotta educate yourself. Well, and I've done, I've done commercial real estate and I've done, you know, I've, I've, leased and, and purchased commercial real estate and and residential real estate there's so much more that goes like i mean you're talking about parking spots you're talking about what it's it's zoned commercially mm-hmm. what you can do inside the building what you can do outside the building like, i mean it's amazing how much more goes in like and then is, for me when i'm looking at it i want to know like what's the drive-by traffic what's the traffic patterns around here what's the you know like you know and i guess some of that's probably like res- residential it's like what school district what this or whatever but i mean like yeah there's a lot more (laughs) for the most part though like commercial like i want so much more information when i'm looking at a commercial property versus a residential property i like a residential property i mean it's pretty easy it's cut and dry but i don't know it's interesting because that i in my mind i still and my 
brother's a realtor, but I I, I thought for certain. Well, Heather's a realtor. <laughs> Everybody I knows a realtor, but like, I am not a Jody's realtor. Not a realtor, but like I am I not just, a realtor. Oh, sorry. To be that? a realtor, you have to join that association. Oh, really? Yeah. So I did not actually, know that. most commercial agents brokers are not realtors. You are a real estate agent. Is that yeah. the correct title? Yeah. Huh. I always wondered what the I difference didn't know was. That. On that. I always think it's funny when people say realtor. Too. It just sounds weird. It's huh. my Real estate agent. I did not know there was a differentiation. A I thought that was just like, I kind of thought it was like chef. <laughs> you know that people cook, like there's no like, you don't like get right. a, there's, there's nothing to make you a chef. Like there's nothing that says you're a chef. Chef like, versus a cook. Right. You just call yourself chef, right? Like I'm a chef. I like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, interesting. That's good to know because I use I actually screw that up sometimes, and uh, I'll try to correct that in my in the show notes because I oh. I think I did. Put we're it learning there. good stuff tonight. I know. I like this. We're not even um, we're not even tapped our second bottle of wine, and we're already learning. Well, we're we're to it. I loved what you said though. You have to train yourself. Like that's something that with the last three months of the whole COVID adventure. There has been a unique opportunity for people across all kinds of different, <laughs> I mean, you name it, right, for them to go train themselves to get better at what they do. There's been a bunch of businesses that have really slowed down. There's been a few that have been really, really busy. But I, don't, I can't remember a time where there has been such a uni- unique opportunity to sharpen your blades on stuff and learn some new things than the last three, four months. And it's really interesting to see who rises to the top on that because it's an exponential growth when you get out of a tough season like this. I mean, you go back and look at the recession back 2008, 9, 10, 11, and there were companies that failed, there were companies that survived, and there were companies that that were thriving at the end of that because of how they chose to navigate the waters through that time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and this is something we talk about this with our kids all the time. Whose responsibility is it? It's your responsibility. You train yourself. Figure it out. If go find there's this great thing called the internet, all kinds of great information there. But go like you're saying, your mentors, what are what are you doing? Everybody's allotted 24 hours a day. We all get the same amount. What you choose to do with that time will dictate where you end up out of the rough season. So as a as a real estate agent, not a realtor, because we just learned that. Now I know. Has that has the last few months has it slowed down? Has it sped up? What as you take a big step back, right? I'm a big I'm a big advocate of changing levels, right? Look at it from the ground level. Go look at it at twenty thousand feet. What do you see perspective wise? How does it change your perspective? What do you What are you seeing? Uh, we're seeing a huge change. Uh, now and I wasn't I wasn't in the industry in the real estate industry uh, at the last recession, but you're going to see a lot of similarities to that, mm-hmm. even though they're both very caused by very different things. So, I think the you know one of the best examples is that I think that most commercial agents, at least the ones that I've talked to and the, and the guys that are in our shop, uh, have all experienced the same thing at the you know at the first of March. Any, any deal that we had, whether it was a lease deal or an escrow, uh, if it was fourth and goal, it, it, we, cro- we crossed, we scored, right? Mm-hmm. We, we closed that deal. But if, if there was a, a yard to gain, a long yard to gain, uh, it was on hold. 
So yeah. things have gone on hold. Things blew out of escrow. Mm. Lease deals canceled. I mean, you know, one example, I had 11,000 square foot lease deal uh, that was in the guy's lap ready to sign. And he made the right decisions. Like, oh, okay. Hold. Hold. Yeah. Pause. Time out. Otherwise, he's got a big empty 11,000 square foot building because exactly. everyone had to stay home. Yeah. Exactly. So, and and we're just starting to see the the fallout from this. I think that, you know, we're starting to see some, some sublease listings come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to see some spaces that have vacated, right? Tenants are, uh, it's unfortunate, but some of them will just disappear in the middle of the night. And really? Could you represent people on a sublease? Is that a, is that a representable, like, yeah, we do. Like if I'm looking for something and you find a sublease, then you, there is a, you do that as a real sure. estate agent. Yeah. That's a service we provide. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so pre, pre COVID, uh, Things were hot. Things were happening. There's mm-hmm. no different than the than the residential market, and we right. typically in the commercial world would typically follow that residential market. However, this time it's it's a little bit different because it's affected the small business owners so tremendously, right? Right, and and them not being able to work, and whoever was not cash flow positive, and you know most restaurants, it's unfortunate, but just kind of get by, right? So you shut right. them down for a couple of months, it's devastating. So I, I think we'll start to see, you know, more and more of those that uh, that just unfortunately won't make it. And you're seeing some of that on the retailers anyway. Like, right. Well, a lot uh, of that small business stuff, it's only a couple of months. Right. Eight weeks. Ex- exactly. Right. Exactly. So it, the, you know, the, the crystal ball is that, uh, or the proverbial crystal ball, I wish, you know, we, we had it. But these next, we figure at least this next six months, um, we'll start to th- see things kind of slowly rebound depending on what happens with mm-hmm. COVID, right? If it spikes again and the governor shuts everything down again, uh, we're going to be even worse off than we were, you know, coming into this thing. So, um, but we're, it's going to take, we're it's going to take, actually a, we're in riot season now, so we're good. Like right. we don't. And that's the funniest thing, dude. It, <laughs> you had a crazy year. The, you really the, don't have to worry about it anymore. Like COVID, nobody even knows about COVID anymore. We quit talking about that as soon as the riots broke out. I know that uh, that meme that's got Will Ferrell on there. Yeah. And it's, I love that. It's like, I didn't realize that riot season. I still have my COVID-19 decorations up. Yeah. It's, it cracks me up. <laughs> it's but. dead straight, straight, dead on. Yeah. We're not even talking about it. Nobody <laughs> even knows about it. I just, it disappeared. Like as, as a young person coming, like if you're graduating high school or college and like, you think this is the way and you're the like are you you're kidding like, me what the no. hell am i supposed to do i'm going back to my parents basement but <sighs> you, what you have to do as a as a commercial realtor now is you got to start looking at areas that have uh really good uh iron bars on their windows downtown uh you you move them out of the downtown area wherever high riot areas I try, are well, like, i try and keep my tenants on the upper levels upper so. levels where the rioters can't get to them yeah there's like People shopping. Yeah, we're just looking for something that's more riot proof. <laughs> uh, do you have that? Yeah, let me. Due diligence, so important. <laughs> do you think? So this is this is the my own observation, and I'm curious what you think about. It. Like, do you think? Um, so I'm in the construction industry, so I sit and look at things like, all right, how's this going to affect? I mean, I'm in. The, we're all in the same boat. We're all trying to figure out how this is going to affect us, right? One of the things I think it's going to affect as a contractor and somebody that builds builds houses. I build shops. I sell construction materials. I got you know uh, some different things going. I think there's going to be a lot more people that, you know, possibly are going to have to work from home, right? Or maybe they're going to get told they have to work from home if something like this happens again. Because if this is 
the way the normal is now, then every time there's a illness or an election year, we end up, everyone has to go work <laughs> from home. Does that affect, I sit and look at it from my side going, oh, well, we need to build something that has an office in it, you know, whether we're building a new home or maybe we look at like, uh, we're looking at contain, you know, converting containers into home offices and stuff like that. Do you guys look at that from real estate? Do you think, um, you know, do you think there's going to be that influx of people working from home? I mean, obviously that would affect your business. I mean, it would be more like you and I, the, like the, the stuff we look at is that, uh, light commercial with office space kind of deal. I, I think that has to happen. If you've got equipment, you've got that, but like that downtown market where you've got a office space, that's basically a bunch of dudes in cubicles. Do you think that's going to change? I mean, is that something you guys have talked about? Uh, yeah, you will see some changes there. And from, my standpoint, and, and just from what I've read and in, in, in talking with some of these tenants, is that they are having people work from home, which they're finding that some of these people are extremely productive working from home. Weird when you don't talk to your coworkers. Right. You're not talking all the time. There's not the water cooler talk. You're not taking a break. Not that I struggle talking with talking. Stuff. I mean, I, um, I hardly ever talk at all. But... So they're finding they're more productive, but they're also weeding those employees out that are not very Ab- productive. Absolutely. Right? So that's why you're seeing the, you know, from not only the, the food industry that's been hit so hard with this unemployment. I mean, we've worked, we shot up from a sub three to almost 12% unemployment in Idaho. Right. I mean, that's, it's that's crazy in months. in months. Right. Yeah. That's, that is so, that just blows me away. And you'll see, I hope the office space comes back. And I think it will come back, but it's it'll be different in regards to um, space planning. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that anything needs to change in the construction style of it. I think, you know, what happens with the conference room, right? right. How many people you get in a conference room right now w- with the COVID restrictions, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this all blows away and it all goes back because before it was the millennials, right? Open space. And, and I've done a few of those deals and some of those places turned out awesome where they've got, uh, uh, it's Googled, right? Right. It's, right it's, yeah. There's a gym yeah. and there's um, ping pong yeah. and there's. My daughters, they, they're putting in a rock wall in the warehouse at my daughter's work so that they can do rock climbing on their breaks. Why not? Lunch. But they have, they, but they also have a workout. Like, I mean, it's not a gym, but they've got like literally a corner of the warehouse where and it's a new startup which is fun to watch her do this startup thing. And she's like, oh, dad, it's like that. And they're just hiring like crazy and doing really, really well. Uh, but like, yeah, like they're putting a rock wall. Yeah. Yeah. There. And there was a lot of that that was happening. And you'll see, I think you'll see a lot of that start to go away. And this same tenant that I referenced that was going to populate 11,000 feet, I think when they come back out of this, they're going to be looking for about 6,000, 5,000 <laughs> feet. That, yeah. Right. About half of that. So um, that's efficiencies. Though. It'll be it'll be interesting to see, and that's you know that's where the office market goes. And and um, from a retail standpoint, I thought it was going to affect retail even more than it has. But I think we'll see retail bounce back, except for the the, the big box retail. I mean, it was it was dying before COVID, mm-hmm. right? Other than Home Depot and Lowe's, right? They killed it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right? And and Home Depot more than or no, who took it? I can't remember. I read an article, and now I'm going to confuse them. One, so one of them uh, was really strict about how many people came in the building. I think it was Home Depot. I think, ah, shit, I don't know. Anyways, one of the two restricted how many people could be in the store, and one of them kind of was like, eh, come on in. 
And literally the numbers flipped. Like it was like Home Depot was way ahead of Lowe's or vice versa. And the other one jumped them in the last couple of months because they did not adhere as tightly to it. They weren't like, it's like you drive by and see people lined up waiting to get into Home Depot because they were only allowing the right. X amount of people in via the app that now came out thanks to COVID. And they literally were letting people one in, one out, one in, one out. And uh, the other one just basically was like, nah, no, go ahead. Which killed it. Like and I, which I, the parking lots are huge. I mean, they, right. they've killed it because what did everybody do? Everyone was stuck at home. So literally, oh, I'm, I'm working from home. Yeah, I'm, gonna I'm done at projects. noon or 1 o'clock. I'm going to work on my patio right now. We're in springtime, summertime. I'm just going to go put down pavers in my patio now. And, I mean, I did it. I, I literally did. I, you know, and I know that everybody's listening. I, I did. I couldn't travel. Like, my job is traveling, so I can't right. travel. So I don't usually have my evenings and weekends available to do stuff because I'm in freaking California or Colorado or Arizona or Montana. I'm, I'm not home. Uh-huh. So now it's like, oh, if I'm going to be home, I built myself my shop next to my house. I mean, over the last month, I just went out and tinked around with it in the nights and, and weekends because I had time, right? And that's why they did so well. So, I mean, so I went to Lowe's some of those retail, I think, a are number just going to be fine. No line to get in, but you were, it was stacked up full of people. Yeah. Like but everybody was everybody was great though. Like it seemed like social saying, hour. I ran yeah, into Everybody's like, oh. at six feet away and everybody everybody got it. But like Harbor Freight Tools, go by there and there's twenty guys standing in line oh, down the yeah, sidewalk. I heard that. And I'm like, mm, turned right back around, went to Ace Hardware, paid more money that for what I needed. I needed to get some jigsaw blades. That's all I needed. Yeah. I paid twice as much at Ace Hardware to get jigsaw blades. And didn't have to wait in line for twenty minutes. Yeah. Do you think? Do you guys handle much like uh, restaurant stuff, or is like for sure? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. What do you? What's your take on the restaurant thing? Do you think? I mean, I I know I have friends that own that own restaurants. I know they did okay. Like you said, I think they they battled because uh-huh. there was some give and take. I mean, that, like I mean, they're and I'm not downplaying. I mean, obviously there was a lot of uh, a hit there, but there's also a lot of overhead that goes into having people in there that you're doing dishes and running your dishwasher constantly and like power and having right. like they turned lights off, they stopped doing dishes, they did a lot of stuff and they they really turned it to takeout, right? And we love to talk about pivots on here. If you look at the V and Havoc on the Reek Havoc podcast, it's a pivot sign. It is. And it's because we love the idea of the pivot. I think I life never. is nothing but pivots. You're going to pivot your entire fucking life till you're 80, you're going to keep pivoting i think i saw one of the most amazing pivots of all time with the restaurant business where they just immediately went to take out right like it was like grubhub uh it was you know uber eats it was like all this stuff right like oh we're still doing takeout there was a lot of money in that for these restaurants i mean i'm not saying it's as good as when they were open because a lot of them rely too on liquor license money which Mm -hmm. is really good liquor pays um what did what's your Take on just if you just look at your guys' business you're doing in the in the restaurant world, what do you think how that's gonna come out of this? Well, I hope that you know, my hope is that everything gets back to normal, not a new normal, but our old normal, right? I don't I don't like to use that term yeah, term new, new normal. normal right? Back to a new normal. I'll punch I'll throat punch you for saying that phrase. Yeah, we had that on the podcast. He got really upset about the the new normal. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't can't get back to something you've never been to. There you go. Um, so <laughs> it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And some of these restaurants are still in the process of opening. And, and I have been right. to the restaurants. I've taken the girls to, you know, one of my favorite 
places ever, um, especially for breakfast, if you haven't been, go, is Eggman and Earl over off of uh, Boise Avenue. Never been there. Oh, wow, that's one I haven't even heard of. Goodness. No. So, yeah, Boise and what? Don't get me started there. It's it's where the, remember Hastings, where Hastings yeah. used to be? There's um, a DMV. Boise and there. Apple? There's, there's yeah. a DMV. I did there. the demo no. work on that building when I was like yeah. a kid. So I've never even when it was heard Albertsons. Of that place. Yeah, that place is awesome, <laughs> and that was one of the first places to open. It was also one of the first places to close. So it was uh, it was unfortunate, but but the 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 realism is when you walk in and every other booth is is blocked, and they right. took all their center tables out, and it's it's going to be a struggle for a long time for them until there's either a, a, a vaccine to make people, right. you know, relax and, and get back to that is the keystone right there, man. Right. So I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know how to answer that because I, I again, I don't have that proverbial crystal ball as to how restaurants are going to respond. I think it's those a math that are, question. Uh, I only have so much room in my restaurant. I cannot generate the same exactly amount of right. revenue. It's just math. You can't, yeah. Even, and, even, and until, with, even with takeout and yeah. a limited menu and, 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 and the benefit, uh, in, in a lot of cases is that the landlords are, are taking reduced rents, right? They, they are, right. they want these people to succeed. The last thing they want to do is have to relet that space, right? Exactly. Cause so that's to get God, that's somebody so else in there right. to operate and, and to, to go but through that's that whole smart. process. That's smart. And that's the perspective I'm talking about. That's the 20,000 feet of people getting what, I mean, you can look at it in terms of the short dollar or the long dollar. Mm-hmm. The smart guys are like, Hey, listen, the long dollar wins on this. If you look at it in, in the, in a correct perspective, because it's so inefficient to do what you're talking about, to replace everything and have to go through all that effort. Be, you got to be a little bit patient on this. And everybody, you know, to Trevor's point, I'm going to actually differentiate his point slightly. We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same river. And it is a shit river. But there, there, you got to know how you're going to navigate that river. And you got to realize, man, it, it takes some some intelligence it takes some some perspective to to see the opportunities to see like what you're talking about there's a whole bunch of stuff we we encouraged a bunch of clients hold just hold be you patient say, say it like say it like hold <laughs> say it like brave hold! <laughs> like that one of my favorite movies God, that's great. but i think you're 100% correct and that's a and that's a great analogy on uh, using that river as an analogy. And you have to, anybody that's been on the river, you have to read that water, right? Yeah. And see what the next step you gotta be is looking and what's going to happen. Yeah, you got to be looking ahead. You got to go left, you got to go right, and it can change it at any moment. And I think there's going to be a lot of that going forward. Right. I think it's the the biggest thing that people, like, they didn't they didn't prepare, which, right? So, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who weren't prepared which unfortunately, uh, but I think that uh, it's amazing how many conversations I've had with business owners are like, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm going to have a lot more in reserves from now on when I do this. Like, I think that's 100% I think common it's with everybody. Uh, yeah, well, from a personal uh, point uh, of view yeah. and from a business point of view, yep. that's going to change the economic landscape of how you do business, which will be interesting to see how that affects lending in general, mm-hmm. where... I don't think people are going to be quite as likely to go get extended on stuff. They're going to have way bigger cash reserves. I think people are, yeah. And I think, I think people are going to try to be, cause here's the deal. Like, and we're, this is what we we're discussing. If you were in a situation, I'm lucky. My business has actually gone up and through the, and, and I don't know. 
I don't know that I, I liked it. I, I'm like, I don't want to think that it would have been bigger without COVID because it's huge without it right now. Like, I mean, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but we, I just, from a pure number standpoint, as a, as a business owner and a salesperson, I have sold more stuff in these last couple months than I've ever sold in my life doing this sure in these must months. must be a good right? salesman. My, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my numbers are higher than they've ever been for this time of year, right? Like I'm, right. I am, you know, what I think I am somewhere around forty percent over what I was last 40? year. Forty, and you're talking about a business where you know we're in construction, which was a considered an essential. Essential, so right. it helped. Obviously, we didn't get shut down like like restaurant or retail stuff. So we were able to keep going through this, and um, and. I, I, you know, and I've, I've brought this up on previous podcast, but like I literally did more research because it scared me because I was like, oh shit, everybody's like, this is the new, to- the new toilet paper. They're just, you know, like buying building materials because they're scared that we're going to shut down. It wasn't, it, it's a legit deal. Like, I mean, things are just, people are building. Like, I mean, things are happening. They're not really stopping. They're like, yeah, people still need these houses. We're still going to build. Like there, there's, there is definitely kind of an underlying, don't let the media fool you. Don't let, you know, don't let it like get in your head what's going on underlying thing is people still need homes i mean kids still need places to, to lay their head at night uh you know families still need a place to to live like things still happen food still needs to be made people still need to eat like things keep going like life keeps going and i and i've been in that situation where i've seen that happen and it's just like literally as my as mine increases i'm like oh okay well this you know things are things are okay here but you definitely have some of those people that have said Dude, I'm going to minimalize so that if this happens again, because I've got friends that, and there's a bunch of different little things I'm thinking of in my head, but I've got friends who basically looked at this like a three-month vacation. Uh They had their numbers right. Like, they had reserves. They don't overspend. They're not overextended on their house. They're not like all this shit. And for them, the last three months has been like, like a party. Yeah, but (laughs) what's the age range of that? Um, I would... Say anybody, no one, no one under 40. Nah, I, little, 35 to 45. That's that is the advantage of maturity. It's being that's what I was talking about earlier. It's perspective, dude. You figured out stuff where you're like, mm, you know what, I do see the wisdom in that, and here's what we're gonna do. Dude, we're talking about like, uh, like uh, I'll give a shout out to DA93, Darren Anderson. He like, DA, what's dude, up, dude? He's he's like, he was forced to work at home, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go work for my cabin because I they, you don't know if your phone line works, if you got internet, like things, you know, like so he fucking head up his cabin. dude. His cabin's dialed right now. I still have like, your cabin. He's Anderson. like, dude, I've got so much shit done. I mean, before summer even started, I'm like, his cabin's dialed. He sent me a picture of his patio tonight. It looks awesome, you know, like literally, like he's he's changed. You know, he took this opportunity and was able to do it. I know, you know, we were talking about our kids and taking our kids and moving, mm-hmm. you know, going to somewhere different. You know, we have a, a shorty, you know, and I've no, I think shorty listens, but if you don't. Fuck we'll send off, it. We'll send it to you. Anyways, we'll, we'll give but, you a little, you know, shorty, crayon detailed. Shorty and I had a conversation the other day. He lives in Chicago, Illinois. You know, he's been spending most of his time up at this. They call it the cottage or lake house, mm-hmm. Midwest thing, I think. Uh, but they, he, he's looking at and going, you know what? Good time to teach my kids what the country looks like. He's literally hitting the road, pivot, and he's like, let's let's go to Denver and let's spend two weeks in Denver because he loves Denver, Colorado, and he wants to go show his kids what Denver looks like because they've always been in the Midwest. That's you know, but that's the pivots that, right. that I'm talking about of where 
when I was talking about you're using the last three, four months to sharpen your blades, it is not restrictive to just work. Right. It is about life and what is important to you. Preparedness. If right? you if you can't financially, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can't pick up and do that. No. And this is a you great opportunity money, for you to go. To oh, so that's the value of that. I've had some great conversations with my kids. I mean, I got a 15-year-old girl at home that's like, oh, that's what that looks like. Because, frankly, she sees her mom and she sees her dad. And it's two different households and two different mentalities on money management. And and it really gives her a stark contrast of, hey, there's an advantage to telling your money what to do. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, great point. What do you – so? Coming, coming out of this, I mean, obviously, we've got all these changes and things are doing. Money's tightening up for some people because they're, like, freaking out about certain stuff. Some people see this as an opportunity. <laughs> so when I talk to, like, my brother, okay, my brother's a or he's a residential real estate agent. Is he not a realtor? I don't know. I'm is he part, to, of the, I'm if part of the group? If he's I, residential, I bet he's a realtor. I will text him right now. And do it, do it, do I it. I don't even know. I don't even know. Anyways, uh, so my Wait, brother. You know what we should do? We should tap. We should get him. This is an opportunity for you to get him live on the podcast. We have not done this on the Wreak Havoc podcast yet. You could. I could. You could I call right. him right be, now. This exciting. We're two bottles in. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's I have a third backup if we need it. So, but what I'm what I'm looking at is like so he deals a lot with uh, out of state money coming in, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and he has like he's literally sitting here like <laughs> like he they see this opportunity, right? Commercial real estate's the same thing. It's like. There's people, you know, listening to this, like they're looking at investing. Like there's certain people here that are freaking out and there's certain people who see this as an opportunity as a commercial real estate agent. What are you suggesting to people? Like, is this a good time to invest in commercial real estate? Do you think there's going to be a dip? Is there a dip right now? I don't know what the market is right now. So I'm totally pulling this out of my ass, but where are we at as an, from an investment side in commercial real estate right now? From investment side, uh, I'm glad you asked because I can answer that a couple of different ways. So if, if someone's currently in uh, a 1031 exchange, which is a tax, def- if you're not familiar with it, it's a tax deferred exchange. You're just a, you're deferring your capital gains when you exchange from one property to another. You sell one, you get into another. So those people that are in an exchange, those are the ones that are still looking to buy. The problem with our market, the Boise market, is that the cap rates have been compressed for for so long. And if you're not familiar with the cap rate, I got drilled on that um, by my wife the other night. Is it's um, it's your return on your investment, right? So those returns have been um, diminished. They they just been you know, for instance. Uh, you know, a, a retail or an office or even an industrial building, uh, triple net investment asset has been, uh, you know, in that say six and a half range. And it's been there for, for quite some time. And that hasn't changed yet. Will it? I think there will be some opportunities. So as Jody said before, hold. Hold. Right? I love it. But that's, and, and that's really what we're seeing. So, um, even on the multifamily side, I mean, the, talk yeah. about a compressed. Uh, well, they have been buildings. Multifamily, crazy, man. But um, yeah, so from an investment investment standpoint, there are still some investments out there that yeah. that have a, a decent cap rate, have a decent return, and there's still deals getting done. Um, a lot of those are those 1031 exchange investors. 
Um, but the seasoned ones, the smart ones, the ones that are banking the cash, uh, those are the ones that, that reap the rewards from the last, right. uh, from the recession of, of 2000. Everything went on sale. Yeah. It was a huge sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've, that's, I've, again, it's I've heard a lot of good stories. Yeah. And, and, and it is, um, and just to, to, to back up just a little bit, you mentioned construction, I mentioned construction, but the construction continues. And it's, as Trevor said, he's having his best year ever. The, anything that was started, that was under construction when this started from a commercial standpoint is, is going to finish, right? There's right. 850,000 square feet of office space under construction in this valley. Right. Like the 10-mile corridor. Right. Right. Right, and at Eagle Road, Where right, Tommy and, Alquist and a lot and of all those PDA. guys are built, right, right. and yeah. so they're building like crazy, <laughs> and they've got these buildings that have that have started, and they're going to finish. There's eight hundred and fifty thousand feet, but which is half the size of the Amazon building that they're right. So yeah. thing is gigantic, but dude. That's the one thing that has to be. But like, I mean, Amazon's only right. just booming. Yeah. So get this, this. thing helped it. Right. So there's one point seven million square feet of industrial currently under construction in this valley. Wow. Almost two, mi- almost two million feet, <laughs> six hundred thousand square feet. Amazon is. Wow, <laughs> that is insane. A third, but dude, they, and a third so, of what's being built, and they're operating somehow here, right? Like somebody mm-hmm. told me, they have some, they have an operation here, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. because because they're doing some stuff like same day, next day delivery stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I got a package the other day. They're... I ordered on at night. And it was yeah. there the next morning. So they are expanding. There's a couple of those that are in the process of being built. I can't okay. tell you how I know. Because that's what, I mean, they, that's what that hub here. does Amazon's for us, Amazon's right? been here for a while. They have other buildings in the community that have been leased, right? So, okay. so Way smaller. <laughs> way, small, way smaller. Because we just don't have a 600,000 square foot. So will they back, will they pull out of those other spaces and just move everything to one? Then? Well, there's a couple. That's a good question. And I don't think they're going to pull out of all of them because no. there's a couple of different concepts. And I don't know exactly how Amazon works, but it is magical. <laughs> I mean, the other the other night, my friend Jeff, he is a smart guy. He's just got it figured yeah, out. Yeah, the other night, <laughs> like you said, I I was I've been looking at my computer screen all day. I ordered uh, some blue screen glasses. Yeah, and it said it'll deliver tomorrow. I was like, no way. Okay, not yeah. gonna happen. Boise, happen. Idaho. It's not by ten a.m. the next day. Right, we're talking twelve hours. In yeah. twelve to fourteen hours, they had it on my doorstep. Yeah, that's just it blows we, me away. So that's where I think that. They won't vacate mm-hmm. all of that industrial space with this 600,000 feet. But they make it way more efficient to have a giant facility. I mean, if you think geographically, from where we're at, it's brilliant. Because now you've got Salt Lake to Seattle, Portland. Yeah. You've got all, but you have everything in between. It's, if you look at, again, I'm talking about changing levels. You fast forward 10 years, and this valley is. Way more populous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's brilliant. People, people want out of where they're at now, right? Any of those large metro areas, and you talk about a reset. This oh, is that absolutely. Reset. That was a question so I was going to ask. Heather you. received. She's. I think she said, and I'm. I'm pretty sure she said she has six solid. Not, not like oh, six people called me. Six solid leads. A couple that I know for certain are under contract for blueprints from the Bay Area, mm-hmm. just the Bay Area since COVID. Yeah. And we didn't have a, they didn't, so their big push is the Prey to Homes, right? Like Prey to Homes is like their big, big, big thing. Yep. We didn't have one. We had a virtual Prey to Homes. 
all six of these leads came from the virtual parade of homes, and they were people that live in the Bay Area that went on to the Boise parade of homes and toured the site, her houses virtually. Mm-hmm. One one of her houses, she had two houses up. One, the parade house is under contract, right. and the other one will probably be this weekend. So literally, but people called and said, hey, we, we saw you on the online thing. You know, we saw this. We saw your house. We like your style. We're moving up from the Bay Area. We're tired of this shit. We're coming to Idaho. And and I know there's a certain you know there's a, there's a certain group of people here that really the don't Californicate Idaho kind of thing. But what you have to realize is a pond that go you know without you know a river running through it goes stagnant and dies. So you have to have stuff coming in. We have to get bigger. We have to grow. That's what gives opportunity for everybody. And and if you like it smaller, then keep moving to smaller towns. But guess what? Your small town's going to get bigger too. So the you know that kind of Biz, you know that kind of thing you're seeing. I, we we just had a conversation. I was up in McCall this weekend, and we had the conversation like, "How big do you think McCall's gonna get? Like, what do you think McCall can do in the next ten years? You know, like, can it get bigger? Like, you know, I mean, more and more people telecommuting, more and more people. Well, and technology. I mean, you know, Amazon delivers to McCall too, so you don't have. But to think have about a think about this store in McCall. You know, the the mall. notion of technology and what it's done in the last ten to fifteen years. Like, you look at this silly little Roadcaster Pro board. This 10 years ago required a radio studio at, I mean, or, or a sound studio to get this quality of audio. Now you can order it for 600 bucks from Sweetwater.com. Right. Right? No, no. The technology of that. I can do, so I've got, for my audio production and video production, I have a laptop. I have a what's called a DAW, a digital audio workstation. I can produce commercial quality everything from my bedroom. Now I can't go. That's a weird. Visual. I can't go film I just, that. I, just I don't. That. <laughs> I don't wear clothing, so I'm naked. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. pictured it. Yeah, and it's weird because sometimes it my so butt quickly. cheeks will stick to the chair, and it's weird. Yeah. But the technology aspect of that, though, what I can do literally from a home office, was not doable ten to fifteen years ago. And that's just in my little narrow swath of, of what I do. So when you talk about connectivity and technology and how all that stuff works and doing meetings through Zoom and like all of that stuff, those the landscape of all that has changed so much. It's incredible to think about. It's it yeah. There's there's a huge amount of you know, and that's that, that's why I said it's it's so interesting to me because I see, you know, we always see in in every one of these you know crisis. I hate crisis sounds pretty negative but like whenever there's some sort of hiccup in what we're doing it's white water right like right it's every, white water yeah. use the river analogy yeah there's going to be times there's, where you're on a river every and it's, river has white it water, is right? white water so we're in white water right some people see that as like woohoo they have fun woo yeah rapids some people are like ah it's funny. you know like they we're freak out die. right and i think that's what the big thing is with the uh you know with the difference in real estate because i mean I know residential, obviously, because with Heather building what we're doing and stuff, it is there is the little hang up there where like I mean people that were in contract, just like you said, there's some people that are in contract were like, eh, they pull, kind of pulled back and said, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. We we had a couple things in contract that both that pulled back and said, you know what, probably not a good time to move at this point. Like I'm just going to stay in this existing house, which is smart. If the house is available when we're you know when this thing's over, then we'll move and we'll, you know whatever. 
But, like, it's interesting to see all the people that are jumping on an opportunity to do that. Like, we didn't lower pricing or anything, so not, not the price went down. Nobody got, like, a deal by waiting it out because the prices are the same. But um, is is commercial real estate dropping in price at all? I mean, are, are people trying to kind of like, hey, it's a freaking COVID sale? Yeah, it, it hasn't. No. It so hasn't. It hasn't, and, and, there, and there could be some of those opportunities where – um, you know, especially if it's a multi-tenant type situation and, you know, the, that particular owner, that's all he has, right? That's his right. income stream and it's dried up. Then, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta call an audible and, you know, <laughs> you gotta do something different. <laughs> that. Omaha! 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 <laughs> get her, get her sold. In the, yeah. And obviously from an agent perspective, we love those calls, right? Sure. But, but no one likes to see anyone suffer. So, and, and, and I think our community has done a very good job of, of people taking care of people through this crisis. Right. Um, on the, you know, I'm speaking, you know, predominantly from the commercial standpoint, but these landlords are taking good care of their tenants or they're trying. Which and is, which most is good. Them, right. And it's great. And we talked earlier about some, some other landlords that may, you know, may not be, um, quite as nice as, as some of the others. But um, but I think largely in part, we are a giving, a caring community. Trying. Right? Yeah. And, and that's very beneficial to, to these people, for sure. Do you, so being someone that went into the, like I, I look at, just speaking from my own experience, I feel like I call you in some ways because I'm lazy. Like I just, I don't want to deal with it. I call you. I think that's probably inaccurate. I probably, why, why do people need other than just being lazy like myself and just knowing that calculated. I can call, let's call it calculated. Big, I can call big Mike Bergman and he'll just take care of me. Why do people need a commercial real estate agent in this? I mean, we have a time where like it's, and I know that, I mean, Craigslist and fucking, you know, like people try to end around, right. They're trying to end around you guys Always. or whatever. Like, yeah. so you've got Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, whatever, like, uh, just, you know, kind of do it yourself or kind of thing. Explain to people why, because I know why, because you see shit that I would never see, you know, the value of it. You've literally told me like flat out. Yeah. That's a dog shit property. Don't like that <laughs> thing's been a dog. It's been on for years. Nobody likes it. It's, it's bullshit. And then, you know, we looked at one, I'd like I said, I still think that one down off Maple Grove that I'm like, was a great opportunity to move into and freaky as fuck because they had a bunch of like, <laughs> I've still got some of those pictures, dude. Zombie. They had that. They had like life. They, they had like a, what they like, it was a Halloween place when they made like models and zombies and shit that looked real, like life size. So like literally we're standing there with some like zombie over our shoulder. It looked like a real zombie. Anyway, that was a great property. Like you find these, these amazing properties that was not listed as like, Hey, this, this company's getting ready to move out. And you know that, but so I know what the benefit is for me. What's the real estate or what's the advantage to somebody to pick up a commercial realtor instead of just trying to find a place through Craigslist? Well, I think there, there's there's a lot of benefits, and I, you hit the nail on the head. Is it's like it's like anything else. I I don't. I'm not gonna go fit somebody for lingerie at uh, Victoria's Secret. That's not my that's not my job. I, don't I know will that. I will do that. I, 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 will, I, will, I saw your eyes. Light I will up. volunteer. I'll learn quickly. But my point is, is that, you know everybody has their specialty. This is what this is what we do, and we do it on a daily basis. We know. The market. We know the comps. We know the building. We know the, the intricacies of each property. And if we don't, we learn it, right? right? We we we, we want to know everything there is to know about that property. And 
and our market and the landlords and, and, and. And I think even the, the biggest benefit to having a commercial agent is, is for leasing, right? I mean, I, I think in general, people wouldn't go buy a commercial property. It's very, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal. And for somebody to get into commercial real estate as an investor and an owner, they would naturally gravitate towards commercial real estate agent. Right. And right. there's, there's some residential agents that, that do both, but, um, but that's, you know, that's, that's what we do. And, and that's, but my point is that from a leasing standpoint, that's where you don't go do a lease by yourself. We do, we do leases every day. We know what the leases, how they're written. We know what to look for. Uh, we know the deal points. We, you know, we know what the rents are or what they should be. We know <laughs> all the acronyms, right? When you're talking about, hey, what's a modified gross lease? What's a triple net lease? And, and it just, people just don't know. And they'll just go sign these leases and then they'll call us afterwards and be like, oh shit. What's a triple net? What have I done? A triple net is. It just sounds good. I actually literally was going to just that. Like, that's triple so net. crazy. We're, we're, we're like we're, one. Oh my God. No, I was going to say, because that's the kind of thing, like, I remember the first time someone was throwing out triple net to me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then someone's like, and then I'm, like, talking about something, they're like, you don't like know and, and they're like, yeah, plus triple net. And I'm like, yeah, cool, plus triple net. Yeah. And then I'm like, all of a sudden, I was like, why is the payment higher on it? And they're like, uh, that's with triple net. And I'm right. like, what the fuck is triple net? Like, I, I know, So they go right? sell it to you. Is that from like, Terminator? Is that what that is? Triple net? Right. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it's only $15 a foot. You know, per year is your is your rent triple net. And you're like, oh, fifteen bucks a foot a year. Yeah, I can afford that, right? Well, yeah, the triple nets are are five dollars a foot, right? So then you're in at twenty dollars a foot. It's a significant difference. So your nets, yeah. your nets are your common area maintenance, your taxes on the building, and your insurance on the building. So uh, the landlord is passing those off onto the tenant. It's uh-huh. a beautiful thing for an investor. Yeah, it's a <laughs> sh- shit thing for for a tenant, right? But that's. That's so, knowing the intricacies, right? It, it is. And you'll find that, those. My friends is why you have it. That's why you that's have why you a call commercial. Big Mike. Uh, that's your guy. That's your you guy. have a guy. Yeah. And you'll find those, you know, in, a, in an office lease, traditionally, those are full service, which is all inclusive, right? So if it's 20 bucks, it's 20 bucks. The only thing outside of that that you're going to pay for is your, uh, your internet and or TV, you know, any add-ons, if you will. Um, you get into the, the retail sector and you, you start getting into the, the triple nets and then in industrial, that's either a modified gross where, you know, the landlord's paying you know, some of those expenses and then the tenant's paying some of those expenses or it's a straight triple net. But for an investor, I mean, you want an absolute triple net. I mean, he was talking about earlier about mailbox money. Mailbox I mean, money. That's an absolute triple net investment. That's, that's key. I, I spend mailbox money. They call it child support. <laughs> Different. Totally different. I don't know. I can't. It goes I out. It goes out. Did I remind to congratulate you on your 20th anniversary? Thank you very much. That's awesome. Hold on. Hold on. We got to try something here. Is it going to work? Heather, are you there? Oh, no, wrong one. Heather, are you there? Oh, no, wrong one again. <laughs> oh, hello? Heather, do you copy? Over. You know it's more effective when you do that sound. Mm. Over. Oh, no. But you got to do the. I'm muted. Okay. Yeah. Oh, now you're muted. Nope. Now you're gone. No sound. Okay. Right. She says no sound. All right. Do you copy over? All right. We got to try this again here. Hold on. Have you practiced this? Uh, no. You know no. what you need? We're just winging it. You need an audio guy. I do need an audio guy. Hold on. Mm-hmm. He gets his fancy board and then he's like, you can still be on my podcast if you want. 
It's cool. <laughs> I'm there. Says I'm there. I don't know. The, the light's blue. Know. Why is it not doing that? I don't know. All right, hold on. <laughs> Obviously, operator error. <laughs> All right, try it again. It's a given, right? <laughs> uh, so here's what I want to talk about uh, while you're doing that. So I had a little, um, little side note here. One amazing picture I saw of you recently was you posing as a model for oh. Western Collective. Oh, tell what is Attaboy? what is that? We like to sometimes on on the way out of the uh, podcast, I like to to bring in some non business stuff and mm-hmm. uh, talk about some shit you're doing. What's what's the story with the the Western Collective model shoot? The um, it actually wasn't. That's my back patio. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the picture. All right. yeah. Well, it was amazing. And it was a it picture. Like a it model. was a picture. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I was just about to smoke a cigar and with that with that beer in my hand. Uh, and Rachel's like, "Hey, you're you're all you're all glammed up for for oh, Western yeah. Collective. Take a picture." So, they're, they're also a client of mine and and friends of mine. So, I'm actually going to deliver some beer for for Carrie up to to McCall tomorrow, um, which is uh, um, if you haven't been there, they're in the old Payette space over off of uh, oh, yeah. off of Chinden. Uh, go in there. They're the brewery's phenomenal. The beer's phenomenal. They're just their characters. They're just a ton of fun. Sounds so. to me like a remote podcast on location. Ooh, there you go. They would they would totally dig that. Did you figure it out? Do you need me to come over there? They would totally dig that. But yeah, so they they've become friends of mine, um, and I'm 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 hoping that the deal still happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the old spaghetti factory location downtown yeah. you that's guys been vacant for. Five years, forever, right? So longer than that. They're gonna do Western Social in there, which you probably saw. Don Day wrote it up, and and um, it's been publicized in the in the news. But uh, they're gonna occupy that building, like five bowling lanes. It's just like really, a, it's like a Big Al's um, for adults, but the bar, food. I gotta give lanes. a little shout out to Don Day. Yeah. Don Day has done such a great job. Of getting himself into the what's going on, he's got this, the scoop. Of this he's valley. got the scoop, doesn't he? Yeah. And and he that did not happen overnight. Yeah, that happened over 10, 15 years. Don Day, nice work. Yeah, yeah, he's he's it's very informative, and uh, and he did a good write up for for them. But yeah, so essentially, I sent that picture to to carry awesome. to carry Melissa, and and then uh, as I'm scrolling through. Facebook, she she posted it, so it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a modeling job. I mean, I, I'm not getting paid for it, but it's, it's uh, pro bono, baby. I'm sure he'll. Should've. That's you know, he'll true s- models they they'll throw that out there for free. Yeah, right. I mean, he'll he'll slide me a four pack of peak. Yeah, you're paving sure the way. Just wetting their beak a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how it works. I don't think I'm gonna figure this out. We're gonna have to do this again sometime. I tried, but I can't. It's Bluetooth linked. I don't know. All right, anyway. we'll figure it out. Yeah, fuck it. It's all right. I'll hold, <laughs> I'll hold your hand. I'll cuddle you. We'll cuddle you just a little bit. A little snuggle. Sounds nice. It's what I do. That is what so I do. So we always like to ask the guest at the end, is there anything else that you uh, you feel we didn't touch on? Anything else you wanted to tell the world? Wisdom. You know, I think we did a pretty good job of covering it. It's just nice to hear myself talk. Um, you do I've, sound amazing. I've been I've been blessed. Thank you for saying that. But I've been blessed with a, a house full of ladies, right? So mm-hmm. I had a 17 year old daughter, Paige, uh, and, and and my kids are amazing. And and Presley, she's something else. And, and <laughs> yeah, she's there's something about the 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 second the kid. Second, I think right? sometimes where you're just like Presley's 
I, I remember her. She will forever. I don't care when she'll be 30. She'll forever in my mind be when you guys had the Hillsdale house. She'll yeah, be this awesome. girl just like she danced and performed literally like just in like no television. Mm-hmm. Just we sat on the couch and drank wine for two hours and she danced the whole time and good. Like, no, I'm not saying like a little kid <laughs> dance. Like, no, like she put on like a, a mm-hmm. dance performance for two hours. It was amazing. Yeah. I think she was four years old. Probably. That is, that <laughs> is, that is crazy. The, maybe, maybe, maybe it was, best. I was thinking it was, it's funny that you mentioned that because Paige pulled up some of those old videos and that was one of them yeah. and we're on the couch and yeah. she was dancing and that I thought, awesome. well, maybe we just had a lot to drink and she looked like she, <laughs> she really knew. Really good. She's still dancing, dude. She's she is. A, she's a TikTok mess. She she walks around the house <laughs> and she's doing all these old juke moves. I'm like, what are you doing? How old is she now? She's 13. Okay. Yeah. Right in the right in the TikTok window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boom. She's she's killing it on. Just like she's just killing like it on that stuff. And I'm like, why are you? So I ran into at the water park recently. One of the lifeguards is like, hey, you were in my dance class. Not to me, of course. To Jessly, oh. my youngest. And I was like, would you please encourage her to go back to dance class? Because I'm parentally, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to force you to do this, but I'm going to really encourage you because you're gifted at it, right? The whole mentorship type of a deal. It's really interesting to me how, as a parent, somebody can say verbatim the same thing you've said 14 times, and they can say it one time, and it carries so much weight. For Whoa, sure. That worked. Yeah, hold on. I heard that. What's up, Rocky? Heather, you yours? Fail. <laughs> Fail again. Damn it. <laughs> that was close. What was the Rocky thing? Hold on. I'm switching. Anyway. Oh, oh, I heard oh, something. Oh, oh, I heard a snap. I heard a clap. I just heard something. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Hello? Son of a. Remember like when we were talking speakers, about that 10,000 right? hours of expertise? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was right there. Like I completely like lost my train of thought of where I was going. I was talking about a kid. I don't know. I got excited. Talking about. So okay, excited. here's where I was going with this. You're talking to your kids, right? So think of this as as a as a dad moment. I'm a big advocate of this stuff because at the end of the day, everybody needs those those. Ah, and I'm muted. I'm gone. I can't hear me. Oh, there I am. Everybody needs <laughs> those moments where somebody's speaking into their life, right? Coaches, mentors, teachers, all of those people have these unique opportunities. So from that mentality, is there anything that you would pass on to this next generation of of people that are high school, college? You've got 20, 30 years of life learning under your belt. Is there any nuggets that you're like, hey, you know what? Here's what I'd like to give you. Here's a gift of knowledge. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, and I, I would tie it right back to, to where we started in, in finding a mentor. I mean, we've, we've got, we've got some interns that, that come through the door. Um, we've got a couple of them now that, uh, one just started this week and the other, I I think has got real potential, but I, it takes a certain type of person and it takes mm-hmm. a certain mentality to, to be able gift. to make it and to be a young kid coming out of college and, and going right into commercial real estate is a rarity. I mean, right. you just don't see it. And mm. like you guys said, it, it's, it's kind of 
for most of these brokers, it's second career, it's second career stuff right. where you take your life lessons with you. So getting back to your question, yeah, you need someone that you can trust that, that can mentor you through this process. And, but you, I mean, find your Obi-Wan. You have to be exactly. And you have to be resilient. I mean, you go out and I think it was, what was it Stoffer saying that uh, he got paid in cash every Friday, but it was gone by Sunday? <laughs> yeah. That mentality will right. not make it in commercial real estate, I can guarantee And you. it doesn't make it in life. Right. So, and, and I was that way in my 20s, right? And I think most people are. And sure. You're having fun and, you know, it's, but... Those that are buckled down, that are driven, and and had good good mentors and in good uh, last week, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, um, it's it's a it's fun. It really is fun. Uh, we've got a great bunch of guys and a lot of really hard working guys, and we put a lot of hours into it. And I was telling Trevor, I, I'm I'm a bit of a workaholic to to a to a fault. I'm getting. I think I'm getting better about stepping away from the you're phone just, and the you're computer. doing a better job of scheduling in your downtime uh, that's you what that is yeah as long as it's on your schedule yeah. you're like that's what my schedule says so i better do it yeah but you own your own business you're always working yeah yeah you, you can't you can't turn you're away you're clock. always you have to be working all the time it, it, it's but it's just work-life balance and you got to be able to turn it off as much as you turn it on and you know and the people around you have to be supportive so i mean you got to have that supportive group around you your kids your wife your you know uh, your boyfriend jody you have to uh you know thanks for that (laughs) you have to uh you basically have to have people to support you too and understand i mean we talked about that too like i mean my kids understand they're like hey you know dad gets to dad gets to break away and come to my football games on a thursday afternoon if he has to but you know he sometimes he takes a call on you know on saturday at 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 two o'clock because uh there's a contractor that's uh, knee deep in concrete right now, trying to figure things out and how to right. build out. Right. So, like, I mean, it's a give and take, and and I think that's that's what we all enjoy doing. I I just think we're all kind of the same type of people. We, the reason we're sitting here at, uh, you know, ten o'clock at night recording a podcast because, <laughs> uh, is because we you know we love what we do. We have a good time doing it. We want to spread the word and we want to do it. It's what passion, we, you know. man. It's, it's passion awesome, to man. get better. Yeah, I at got, the end of the day, I don't want to be the same tomorrow. I want to be better. I mean, I know that I'm going to get that Joe Rogan deal at some point. <laughs> you know, I mean, that Joe Rogan money's coming this way for the Recavic podcast Listen, at some you point. Know what? We'll do it for fifty. But we'll do it for fifty million for, for right now. Half price. I'm kind of just doing this, you know, on the side at this point. But uh, <laughs> no, I think it's it's important that everybody understands. You know, I I say all the time, I kind of. That's like my Notre Dame thing where they, you know, they run out and tap the tap, tap yeah. You know, on as they're running out the tunnel coming out onto the field, you know, I've got my my Gary V, you know, do shit you love sign in my house that's, you know, it's it's important. I mean, you got to do stuff you love, you know, if you're not out there doing something, you'll know, find that job that you're passionate about, enjoy doing it. That's what makes you a workaholic. It's hard to be a workaholic. That's a good point. That's a great point. Hate your yeah. job. I will say this though: <laughs> How many workaholics hate their job? <laughs> but this, not a lot. there's something to be said about the, the again. Go back to the perspective thing. Don't expect to find it at 25, because no. you might not, and you're not a failure if you don't. Right, you're working towards it. I promise and, and believe you, me, 45 when, seems a long ways away, but it creeps up on it, you real fast. It goes so fast, and when you find it. And everything, it's just, it is, it's like a chord that comes into tune. 
and it is a thing of beauty. Man, it's cool. You keep oh. using your hands, and I keep picturing that same analogy, and I think it's a life lesson of the the river, right? It's finding the groove, man. It's, you're you're you're, you're you got to find man. what you're passionate about, right? Yeah. And most people don't do it in their early twenties. You have to figure. And it's you have to okay. figure it out. And then you're starting a family, right? And then you right. got a family, you got kids. You're like, yep. well, shit, I can't go do this. I gotta I gotta stay in this job that I hate. Because I, it's a paycheck. Because I have to I go gotta buy take care diapers of my, and <laughs> formula. Yes. Um, so yeah, it it. Um, yeah, I think that's a good. That's a. I think that's a good point. But it's 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 always changing, right? And in with, you know, as the years go by and the different positions that that one has, the different careers that they have, it, that's what molds a person. That what makes makes a person, and. Those are the people that are that become successful. Are those that are, are aren't afraid to step away from it and and take that chance, right? And it, it's people that do one or two careers over twenty five years. It's people that do fifty careers, multiple. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just, I mean, at the <laughs> you're eventually going to find something that you're like, hmm, I'm good at this and I like it. Green lights, baby. Yep, do it. Just, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's a lot of pivoting, and that's what life's all about is the pivot. So I'm passionate about wine. How do you guys like the uh, empathy wine? I like the, the empathy. I like the empathy better than the Dunham. Really? Dunham was good, but wow. I like the – it could be because I drank two Right. Usually we, we had this conversation before we got on air. We're like, you know uh, – The second glass is always that better. first winery was good, but that last winery was fucking <laughs> amazing. Right, like it's yeah, all that's good. Usually how it it's up. uh, yeah. Every every last it's winery a, is always the best, a, but it's got a different. It's good, you know. Those are both. And I, I, I'm gonna weird. I'm gonna boost my boy Gary V. That's his wine. That is uh, Empathy Wine. You can join the club and get in there for like twenty bucks a bottle. That's a good bottle. It's for a good 20 bottle bucks. for twenty bucks. Absolutely, yeah. It's amazing. It's good. So, anyways, Bergman, thanks for coming on. Thanks man. for having me, guys. It's been really good. Like I I knew Bergman would be good, so I didn't think like I'm not I'm not gonna act like I was surprised about it. I was just like, yeah, I figured that was. I'm loving, I'm loving the guests. By the way, if you want to be on the Wreak Havoc podcast, reach out. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on the socials. If you got something important Send that you want to. Send us 100 bucks and you can get bring on. Your yeah, bring your wine. Bring a bottle of wine and a $100 bill. If you're passionate about something, you want to share your passion, we want to, we want to give you a venue. You got a platform, baby. Global Big. podcast. <laughs> 10 million followers ish ish it's an ish it's an ish but thank you everybody thanks bergman i appreciate you being here buddy and uh god damn it we'll try to keep them coming i just i hope we can i hope we can keep up i have faith i know you do faith and hope babe good night everybody